You are listening to the American Truth Project Podcast. Page five now. The mounting danger of the North Korean regime. Thousands of mourners paid their final respects to Otto Warmbier on Thursday during a public funeral held in Wyoming, Ohio. Now, the 22 year old died this Monday after returning to the United States in a coma after being detained in North Korea for 17 months. Now, North Korea claims he contracted botulism and that they had released him on humanitarian grounds. But the doctors here that examine him are disputing this claim. Now, anger is growing over the death of this young college student. And all eyes are on the Trump administration to see how it will respond to this murderous regime. Joining me now, the founder of the American Truth Project, Barry Nussbaum. Barry, this is a gut-wrenching situation. I mean, I can't even imagine what his parents are going through. And I'm sure that they never thought that, you know, their son's trip to North Korea would result in his death. Yeah, no kidding, Stephanie. It's an absolute tragedy, not only for the Wambir family, but for American failure uh, diplomacy going back almost 30 years. Uh, this young man was on a trip to uh, the Orient. Uh, the uh, fellow students got offered a quick stopover in North Korea, and get this, his crime was taking a poster off his hotel room wall and putting it in his suitcase as a souvenir. He got stopped at the airport and was convicted in a show trial of attempting to overthrow the Kim Jong-un um, regime, I guess, and was sentenced to 15 years hard labor in a prison camp it's where he was tortured. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable that there could be somebody so evil out there like the dictator of North Korea. Now, officials are saying that Warm Beer's death is, you know, some sort of mystery that they have no idea what happened. But Warm Beer, the family, uh, you know, they're saying that they believe he was tortured. Yeah, it's, it's standard operating procedure, Stephanie. You go into one of these prison camps and you don't come out. Uh, you are mistreated physically, uh, emotionally, and you're beaten on a regular basis. It's unclear what happened to him, but I'll tell you what, I lay the blame for his death at the feet of former President Bill Clinton. Well, that's an interesting point. We know that the father, uh, Otto's father, he said, uh, he, you know, he's kind of in a way suggesting that some of the fault is on Obama. The Obama administration told the family to be quiet about it until, you know, they resolved the issue. And it sounds like, you know, the Obama administration wasn't doing much. We know that the Trump administration stepped up. Trump talked about Otto Warmbier during his campaign. This was a priority for them. So, you know, this was a, a, a very good thing that they were able to bring him back. Unfortunately, they brought him back uh, in this situation. And he had been in the coma for quite some time and the family didn't even know about it. But it's interesting that you bring up this point about Bill Clinton. You're saying that the failure uh, it started with Bill Clinton. So explain. Sure. You go back to 1994 and Bill Clinton made a very big deal 
about the fact that North Korea needed to be brought into the family of nations, that they needed to give up their belligerence, they needed to give up their nuclear weapons program, their ICBM program. And Bill Clinton offered them an enormous bribe, billions of dollars in food and fuel aid in exchange for a binding agreement, according to President Clinton, that would keep them from ever declaring nuclear weapons. And the reason is quite simply, when you get a rogue nation run by a nut with nuclear weapons, they can extort all kinds of concessions from the rest of the world. Clinton failed miserably. Uh, about nine years into the agreement, nuclear weapons were developed. North Korea kicked out all the inspectors and they said, ha, 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 we have nuclear weapons. Now this is what we want. And they kept the billions of dollars. So ever since then, North Korea has been the rogue nation of Asia. And they are belligerent to the point of firing a missile and say, we won't fire any more missiles. We need food money. Or we won't develop any more nuclear weapons. We want concessions on trade. And on and on and on. That's why I blame Bill Clinton. But why would Bill Clinton do something like this? Like, how did that benefit the United States in any way? Well, the idea was a noble idea. Uh, unfortunately, and I hope it's not prescient to what Obama did with Iran, but the speeches were almost word for word the same, Stephanie. When the nuclear deal, the JCPOA, was announced with Iran, Obama's speech was the same. We have kept Iran from de developing nuclear weapons, and in exchange, we're going to pile them with money. And what happened? They're testing missiles. They're buzzing our jets. They're attacking, at least conceptually in films, our fleet in uh, the Persian Gulf. And you've got a rogue nation now in Iran with so much money, they don't know what to do with it. I bet you we're going to end up with the same problem in Iran as we have now in North Korea, a belligerent regime that can hold the world hostage. Quite frankly, that's what Korea does. Yeah, well, North Korea, but still, it's like a poor country. And a lot of people are wondering, you know, this country that's so isolated and so poor, how do they keep getting away with so much? I mean, why doesn't the U.S. just wipe it off the face of the map? I mean, it could. Not that I'm suggesting that it should. But, you know, the, really, North Korea is pretty bold for everything that they, you know, try to get away with, including missile, more missile tests today. Yeah, and it, yeah, there was a missile test earlier today. They're testing, that's an ICBM missile. Uh, motor that they actually tested. Uh, that motor, according to experts this morning, uh, if fully engaged with a nuclear tip on the top of the missile, could reach the Western United States. It's very clear. They're not trying to declare war. They're trying to extort concessions from the world. And when you had Obama as president, who told the Wambir family, just be quiet and this will get better, that's appeasement. And what happens with appeasement is crazy people in charge of countries with nuclear weapons can get whatever they want every time they make a threat. I really, truly hope that the uh, Obama administration policies are changed dramatically by the Trump administration policies. You've got to speak softly and carry a big stick. There was no stick for eight years. Let's see what happens. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, and the Trump administration, we know that there's discussion of the sanctions with Ch uh, China's involved with this as well. And also uh, the U.S., they, they didn't ban travel to North Korea, but they're warning Americans that it is very dangerous to travel there. I guess some 800 people from America visit North Korea every year, which, you know, I would advise strongly against. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a goofball state. And they're so poor. They are so poor that almost all the available real cash goes into arming 
the country and keeping Kim Jong-un in power. Everybody else is starving. The destitution is unbelievable. They don't have electricity most of the time in Korea. And in the wintertime, tens of thousands of people each winter starve to death or freeze to death. And you're right. If Trump is able to get pressure coming from China, literally overnight, Korea would change because China is their only benefactor. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we also have to keep in mind that there are three more American hostages there. So the U.S. needs to do everything it can to. Thanks for listening to the American Truth Project, a 501c3 nonprofit. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media channels to stay plugged in to the truth. Go to americantruthproject.org and subscribe to our newsletter to stay informed on the latest news.